Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Take a deep breath. No, not, no. In your mouth, big in your mouth breath. Oh, okay. I, I didn't want to make too much noise, but here we go. But, <gasps> that's perfect. That's how they say to do it. Now hold it for seven minutes, like Harry Houdini, and we'll wait. There's going to be seven minutes. Maybe I'll play some gentle Brian Eno music, and then you'll know when to exhale. Just kidding. Do it now. We don't want to be responsible for people's accidental podcast. That's a tough word. This is wonderful. <laughs> how are you doing, babe? I'm pretty good. I'm glad to hear it. Getting into kind of a rhythm, I think. Good, good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not. I, it's this has been a weird. I feel like this has been a weird week. I feel like this week uh, is where it's just kind of it's hitting, it's hitting hard for a lot of. Maybe it's the one month mark. It was so interesting because a couple days ago you were telling me that a lot about your life has not changed all that much, right? Because you're a, a man that has worked from home for a long time, and so you were kind of telling me. Right. That it wasn't that bad for you. Yeah, but then like, you know, anxiety doesn't need doesn't need an invitation. True. Anxiety was just like, it's been a month. <laughs> It'll always be a month. Forever, many months. Which is not true. But anxiety is such a bad friend. He yeah. swoops in. He's like, it really is. He's like, hey, there's something you're forgetting. It's like, oh, what's that anxiety? I don't know. Ah, shit. You got me again, partner. <laughs> Um, do you have any small one? I'm I'm doing okay though. Uh, do you have any small wonder? I put on some facial rejuvenating hydration yeah. cream last night, and it really it vanquished anxiety, it, <laughs> like they do in the Mucinex commercials. Those little green boogers, and then they mm-hmm. like get killed by the Mucinex. I guess that's what the facial cream did to my anxiety. Yeah, it did burn though for a bit there. That was the anxiety le- <laughs> just melting. <laughs> Burning is anxiety leaving the body, and I always say that. Uh, do you have any small wonders? I was going to say, because I knew you weren't going to say, your upcoming birthday. Oh, yeah, man. I'm excited to celebrate you this weekend. Me too, man. We're throwing a fucking huge rager, mm-hmm. bounce house, petting zoo, mm-hmm. clown. Game of spin the bottle. Spin the bottle. <laughs> Hold a big block party. Uh, <laughs> we got a big, big bottle. Uh, I'm excited. <laughs> no, we're going to spin it indoors. Yes. Um, thinking about inviting a little guy named Henry. To the party, but he's so hard to he's hard to n- get. nail down. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a it's thirty three. Yeah, a, I guess it's a big one. I don't know. Still can't run for president. So who fucking cares, man? Well, I mean, you could you could start an extended campaign now. I guess that's true. I guess next time it would be relevant. I, I will be in mm-hmm. uh, for twenty twenty four. Twenty twenty four, man. All right. Yeah. So this mm-hmm. is me actually announcing my campaign. That's my small wonder. Is for the, the Green Party. For the <laughs> Wait, that's an actual thing. Yeah, I know. Okay. You said it euphemistically. Um, I, that's your small wonder. My small wonder is uh, not going to be particularly relatable to you, but um, uh, there's a game called Final Fantasy VII that came out, I believe, in 1998. I got it for Christmas. Uh, as our family got a PlayStation at Christmas, it was a hugely exciting Christmas, and that was like the one of the first games that I like owned that was mine, and it was so good and big and cool. And they just released this like wild remake of it. Um, wild! I can't believe they're still making those games. I know. Yeah, I mean they've been slowly kind of rolling out new Final Fantasy games, but like Final Fantasy VII is so widely beloved because it was the first like 3d uh final fantasy game and had this like huge epic sweeping ambitious story 
Um, and this this remake is like so bizarre and strange, and uh, I can't stop playing it. Can't stop thinking about it. It's good. It's bringing back a lot of uh, uh, late '90s nostalgia for me, which yeah. was a great. It was a great period. I really thrived Ooh, in those years. Okay. Uh, I believe I go first this week. I want to talk about uh, a a weird sort of subgenre slash franchise slash uh, media property called the Super Sentai series, or specifically the motherfucking Power Rangers. I am oh, going to talk about man. them, Power Rangers. Uh, I mostly want to talk about this genre because I adore the fact that this this genre, the Super Sentai genre, kind of exists in the first place. Uh, for context, we dipped into this uh, over the past few days because there's just an unconscionable amount of Power Rangers on Netflix. Yeah, somehow Henry was really excited about them, and I don't entirely know how he knows anything about Power Rangers. Well, he, I don't think he needs to know anything about Power Rangers, but he loves superheroes yeah, and yeah. Uh, bright colors, and that's sort of what these guys are all about. Uh, we we mostly dipped into the, uh, the Green Ranger arc of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, which... Despite the fact that it is pretty ancient at this point, uh, being from the early 90s, like it is still a very watchable also, television like, program. When it came out, it felt ancient, right? Like there was something about it where I, I saw it on television and I thought like, this is a current show? This is a show being made now? Because it, it felt so like behind the times i guess well it's because the special effects that were being used that were yeah. sort of like the big important thing for for this this show and this genre were a little bit low low budge uh i i would liken it to like doctor who when that first uh yeah. came out even when they brought it back like it was very dependent on 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 low budget special effects yeah but it's still like i don't know it's still very very entertaining to watch uh, I will say it's tough to view it through uh, the modern lens where it is like, uh, it's kind of a, it's a pretty po problematic show. I think in general, uh, the way that there is like racial color coordination in the, uh, the Rangers designated, uh, you know, Mecca colors. Uh, and apparently it was also like a fucking horrible show to work on. Like it was a, like oh, really? a really, really, really shitty work environment. Um, but there is a there's something about the genre that I think is so uh, kind of genius and so straightforward and powerful and clean. Uh, it is it, this formula. It also like predates the Power Rangers and, and is pretty uh, time tested. Uh, and uh, the so so the Super Sentai series. It is this sprawling pseudo connected uh, intellectual property created by uh, the Toei Company and Bandai. Uh, Sentai translates in, in Japanese specifically to task force or fighting squadron. Uh, and this, this series, this idea was created by a guy named uh, Shotaro Ishinomori. And he had made like a couple successful shows for Toei before uh, he, he sort of birthed this genre. Uh, but then in the mid 70s, he kind of came up with this, this uh, two series, actually a concurrent series uh, of a team of super fighters, all, you know, color coordinated with wrist wrist-worn or handheld devices that transform them into superheroes. So it was a team of, you know, red and blue and pink and green and yellow and orange. And I mean, I don't know if those were all specifically the colors, but all of them had, you know, signature weapons and signature fighting styles. Um, and these two series, they didn't like necessarily blow up right away. And so Toei sidelined them because they got a partnership with Marvel to make a Spider-Man live action series, which I did not know. And this Spider-Man live action series is actually kind of important to like the Power Rangers 
uh, history because it kind of branched away from the comics in that there were giant mecha in Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man had a big mech that he rode around in called Leopardon that he would use to fight big kaiju monsters. Oh, which is fucking rad. And I think could be like a major improvement to the next Spider-Man movie. Yeah. If Tom Holland climbed up inside a big robot leopard of some sort. Um, So that sort of got added to this Sentai formula. uh, And that's basically carried it through to the day. A team of colorful superheroes have devices that transform them into these these rangers of power, and they all have individual mecha that yeah. they can ride around in and fight uh, big monsters when they transform. So in 1993, uh, a company called Saban Entertainment, uh, which, which was an American company, wanted to bring it stateside. Uh, and so what they did is they took the like combat and action footage uh, from a 1992 Sentai series called... Uh, Kyo Ryu Sentai Ziyu Ranger, uh, and took so they took like all the mecha combat and some of the martial arts combat of them in their costumes, and then also filmed oh. like American actors and for the you know uh, more narrative parts of the uh, series, and then they just combined them, and that is where Mighty Morphin Power Rangers okay, came from. Okay, and it is because of that that formula and that form of adaptation that there is a fucking billion Power Rangers spinoff series because every single Sentai series that came out in Japan from that point on pretty much without fail became a Power Rangers series using this exact sort of huh. translation formula. That is how we get the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, the the Power Rangers Zeo, Power Rangers Turbo, Power Rangers in Space, Power Rangers Lost Galaxy, Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue, Time Force, Wild Force, <laughs> Ninja Storm, Dino Thunder, SPD, Mystic Force, Operation Overdrive, Jungle Fury, RPM. Uh, all of these start with Power Rangers, obviously, but that was getting a little... Um, Samurai, Super Samurai, Mega Force, Super Mega Force, Beast Morphers, Super Dino Charge, and regular <laughs> Dino Charge, and Ninja Steel, and Super Ninja Steel. Wow. It's just a lot. Yeah. And all, I mean, we watched, we, we hopped around the cannon a little bit. Each one, they got colorful superheroes with yeah. mechs that they transform into. Yeah. And that's fucking good. And I'll watch it every single time, no matter what. <laughs> um, also, shout out to the Big Bad Beetleborgs, which was another uh, creation of Saban that was, uh, it had terrifying blue-faced Jay Leno ghost genie man who gave kids these superpowers to turn into robot bugs, but it was also kind of a sitcom. Holy shit. What a wild one. This was like a thing. I feel like, um, and I obviously I was too young to know sort of like the origins of where it came from, but like, man, VR troopers was another one that yeah, came out. It's see, just I like, remember all these. It like, just, yeah. They were really striking while, while the iron was hot and, uh, they are, they are still striking. So never really like in my pocket exactly but i i remember the phenomenon yes of course uh boy howdy was i into it when the movie came out oh with they might be giants on the soundtrack fucking forget about it hey what's your first thing uh my first thing is also kind of a little retro okay it is the california raisins okay yeah hey, babe that's profoundly strange <laughs> That's quite weird. I went on a on a little journey today, just kind of looking at spokesmen uh, from the the grand heyday of animated spokespeople, right? Uh, and then I kind of 
really spent a lot of time with the California raisins today. That's good. Sometimes you really need to center yourself, Mm -hmm. close your eyes, Mm -hmm. light a candle, a votive, and maybe just spend some time with the California raisins. And what does that mean to you? I don't know if you're really aware of the phenomenon that was the California raisins. I mean, obviously you are somewhat because Justin and Travis did... And you, right. right? No, not me. I was too lit. I was too little. Mm-hmm. Um, the Halloween they, costume they did, which uh, essentially was garbage bags. Yeah, just forever commemorated in your photos, which I adore. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I was alive during California raisins, mm-hmm. but I do not. And we had California raisins toys, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think I I knew a lot about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so California Raisins, part of the reason you may not be as familiar is this is 1986 when they when Yeah, they I wasn't even alive then. Mm-hmm. I was still up in the baby factory in the clouds. <laughs> the stork was still circling around. The stork was in a holding pattern, mm-hmm. waiting for Clint and Leslie McElroy to, mm-hmm. I don't want to finish yeah, that let's, sentence. Let's, let's, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, so this is a ad campaign um, the legend has it that a man <laughs> they unearthed scrolls read. A, man, a man named Seth Warner was working for an ad agency um, and he was looking for something the uh, California Raisin Advisory Board uh, had put together um, a bid for a multi-million dollar campaign to combat slowing raisin sales which okay <laughs> All right, doesn't sound like doesn't sound like an emergency, but that's a big. I mean, California, there's a big industry there for grapes. Sure, sure, grapes right? and grape by by byproducts, <laughs> and they depend, you know, on the sales of these grapes. Yeah, these great grapes, or they're old, sort of desiccated husks, which is what raisins are, <laughs> and that's what they used to they, they used to call them California desiccated grape husks. <laughs> Yeah, which is hard to sell. If it's you think hard about to sell, it. hard to mm-hmm. say. Uh, so the legend is that Seth Warner, who was the copywriter at the ad agency, uh, began dancing across the room to the old Motown hit, I Heard It Through the Grapevine, which apparently... He just <laughs> did that in the middle of business? Uh-huh. He was in the middle of business That office, was his pitch. And it, that sounds like a, like a skit or a sketch of some sort. Well, if you're a man that has sat down to come up with an ad campaign for raisins, right? Like, yeah. that's, that's a challenging thing. Because, you know, if you think about Sun Made Raisin Lady. Yeah. You know, that's that's nice, but it's not hip. The no, way, that's my grandpa. Eats, yeah, right? Eats her the way the 80s raisins. demanded. 80s demanded hip. 80s demanded cool, hip, mm-hmm. desiccated raisin husk people. Uh, so this first aired September 14th, 1986. Um, of course, this was claymation. So oh. it took a very long time to create. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> Werner has been quoted as saying, we decided that we wanted the raisins to be cool and a bit intimidating. Whoa. <laughs> hmm. Okay. They hired Will Vinton, who was an Oscar-winning animator who would later trademark the term claymation. Oh. So, like, they used that that money and they got themselves a big name yeah. in the claymation. The uh, biggest and possibly mm-hmm. only, it sounds like. Apparently, they hired human dancers to make the raisins dance moves look realistic. Okay, sort of a claymation rotoscope, which is uh, <laughs> silly, but I'm into it. So for those of you that aren't familiar, the California raisins, they were like anthropomorphic raisins that had like sunglasses 
and they would do cool dance moves and sing I Heard It Through the Grapevine, which a lot of people, I think- And you saw this and you went, I boy, howdy, I want to eat those anthropomorphic raisin people. Yum, they look delicious. I will go buy a box of them immediately. You're saying that, but this did actually increase raisin sales by 20% after the first commercial. Good Lord. So people people were like, hey, you remember raisins? Can I say something? Maybe I think they could have just put a picture of an actual raisin up on the screen and been like, hey, everybody, it's us, California Raisins Society or whatever. Um, Remember... I just want you to think real quick. Raisins, you, raisins taste pretty did good. Did you forget about raisins? Did you forget about raisins? Because you saying this segment right now makes me want to go eat the hell out of some raisins. Because really? I'm, rem- I'm remembering like, hey, wait a minute. Raisins kind of kick ass a little bit. They I mean, taste good. I love good. a raisin. I like a raisin too. And I haven't eaten one mm-hmm. in this millennium, I feel like. Wow. I know. It's been a minute. Uh, okay, so the thing about the California Raisins, so that song, I heard it through the grapevine, I think a lot of people associate with the Marvin Gaye version, which yes. came out in 1968, it was actually the first recording was produced for Gladys Knight and the Pips. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, here's the phenomenon that happened. California Raisins went on to release four albums. <laughs> commercial fruits (laughs) they did versions of lean on me and you can't hurry love uh more than two million people bought their albums fuck wow Uh uh-huh who's your favorite band right now griffin the california (laughs) thank you for asking i can't stop listening to the california raisins um not only that uh they scored a billboard hot 100 hit they earned an Emmy nomination because they did several television programs. Okay. Did did the sale of raisins just continue to grow in <laughs> in lockstep with the, these huge uh, entertainment uh, success stories? So this 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 is basically this is the eighties, right? Because right. the the kind of the the swan song of the California raisins was a thirteen episode Saturday morning cartoon show in nineteen eighty nine. Okay. Called the California Raisins Show. Apparently, now I haven't seen this. Uh, the program that won the Emmy was a, was a Christmas celebration that was just all claymation. Mm-hmm. Um, there is apparently a mockumentary style show called Meet the Raisins, which created a full backstory. And the raisins were given names, including AC, Bebop, Stretch, and Red. Okay. I gotta, I gotta find this program. We need to find it, locate it, watch mm-hmm. it tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, there's merchandise. I, I had the little figurines. Um, there's plush plush toys, lunch boxes, air fresheners, a series of comic books, garbage bag costumes, <laughs> garbage bag costume. Uh, fast food chain Hardee's bought a license to produce the incredibly popular collectible raisin figures, which I think is, uh, what is I probably had. what I had as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, if you. If those that look back in history on the raisins kind of credit them for the beginning of like the M&Ms, like little M&Ms oh, guys, yeah, if sure. you think about it. Um, super interesting, great phenomenon. I, I like it that they sort of broke the seal on making it okay to have the spokespeople for your product be the thing, be you're, the eating. thing you're eating. <laughs> it made it okay it made me feel comfortable now when I see the M&Ms and they're like, ah, we're going to make a joke. Ha, ha, ha. And the whole time I'm thinking like, I'm going to fucking eat you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to taste really, uh, you guys are so big. It would be so awesome to eat you because it would oh, take forever. Yeah. Like an everlasting M&M. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't even need them to say their funny jokes. 
they can just again stand on screen and model for me. <laughs> Sweet dance, candy sh- dance, dance for me. <laughs> dance for me, yellow M M&M. and <laughs> uh, Um, I just one last thing. So the the person singing on the uh, California Raisins commercials was Buddy Miles, who was a Carlos Santana collaborator and drummer for Jimi Hendrix. Wow, okay. Right? They spared no expense with these raisins. Yeah, some real some real cred there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hey, can I steal you away? Yes. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people, you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. Hey, can I read a couple Gambo trams here for you? Or maybe I'll just do one and you'll do one because it's nice to share. It I, is nice to I share. I learned that from Daniel Tiger. Here's a message and this one's for Alex and it's from Leah who says, to my baby sister, Alex, you gave me the best gift in the world, not only by being my sister, but also by being my friend. Even though we don't say it enough, I love you and I'm so proud of the adult you have become. Keep crushing grad school and come to Boston once we can leave our homes and be within six feet of each other. Love you like a SpongeBob. And there's no sign off there, but I don't, it's probably not the SpongeBob 
Right? Like What this, other SpongeBob might it be, Griffin? Well, there's SpongeBob triangular pants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's SpongeBob. Love those spinoffs. SpongeBob circle shirt. <laughs> Love him and his funny stuff that he does. Can I read the next message? Oh, yeah. This is for Xander, and it is from past Xander. To future Xander from past Xander, surprise, I got you a wonderful Jumbotron. Here's a special message from your favorite podcast to remind you of some wonderful things. Elephants are beautiful. Painting is fun. Trees are joyful. And water tastes great. Shout out to my family, who's spectacular. And hey, Jensen, I love you. Xander, you are wonderful. Hell yeah. Oh, past Xander is such a sweetheart. Yeah. Past Xander is always trying to lift us up. Aren't uh-huh. they? Always trying to reach us up into the clouds. To Always go. popping over our shoulder and saying, hey, hey, elephants, elephants, water, drink it, <laughs> touch the clouds, go. Thank you, Pat Sander. Hello, my name is Tusk Henderson, and I am an outdoorsman. Are you looking for a new comedy podcast? This month's episode of Beef and Dairy Network Podcast has as its guest the wonderful Nick Offerman, playing the part of Tusk Henderson, adventurer and outdoorsman. Think about fitting yourself, a month's worth of provisions, and a half-ton cow into a kayak. So if you've never listened to the show before, this might be a good place to start. I string a bowstring between her horn tips and I can fire a spear off the top of her head. And uh, took in some very delicious cod. So, if you're after a new comedy podcast, why not try the Beef and Dairy Network for maximum fun? Download it now! You flip a cow upside down, they make an excellent toboggan. Hey, can I tell you about my second thing? Yes. <laughs> it's whistling. Okay. Woo! I was, got nervous there for a second. What did you think I was going like, to talk about? Like, some like sexy stuff? Cabooses, maybe? Today is fannies. <laughs> What's up? No, I'm talking about whistling. Uh, and I'm not even necessarily saying that I love hearing people whistle, but I enjoy whistling a lot. I do it sort of absentmindedly quite a bit. And also just sort of conceptually whistling. I like that we can make this sound with our bodies. Like well, our butt. Our, some some of, us, of us can make that sound with our bodies. I'm sorry that you're, you're, you can kind of whistle, right? I, like I can. You can create a tone, but you just like can't control the I can't the modulate it at all. Yeah. Um, just sort of like our bodies can make a lot of noises. And some of them are musical in nature. And I like that we just have this like powerful woodwind instrument sort of built into our face. That is pretty cool. It is very cool. Um, I also think it's like a genuinely sort of pretty sound. Um, I like whistling in places that are sort of like have interesting reverb sort of patterns to them. Um, And obviously like whistling has been a part of music since like music has been you know recorded and performed uh and there's a lot of different ways to whistle using you know your your lips or your tongue or your fingers obviously for a, a more sort of shrill powerful whistle uh the most prominent whistler in music in my opinion is andrew bird who yeah. uh, i've been looking i've been listening to him so much lately and i've been looking for a way to sneak him back into the show again <laughs> uh and it's sort of been a staple of his music forever he was in like a sort of like jazz folk group called uh bowl of fire i think i'll have to double check wow. that um and like ever since then, all the way up to today, like whistling is just sort of a, a, a frequent thing in his music. He's very, very, very good at whistling. He's an incredible whistler. And I remember reading an interview of him, like sort of expressing his surprise at how like obsessed people were with his whistling because he's like this Suzuki trained 
a violinist who's been like training to play the violin since he was a baby, but people just want to talk about his whistling. Um, but he's a good ass whistler, uh, which uh, he's a good whistle. He doesn't whistle out of his ass. That was a terrible, terrible way of phrasing that. Uh, and you can hear how good he is in the climactic song for the 2011 Muppets movie. Uh, where he... Oh, that was him. That was him. Uh, wow. th- it's the sort of climax of the movie where the uh, sort of meek uh, star of the film uh, stands up and does something for the talent show where he whistles. Uh, it is Andrew Bird performing it. Uh, the song is called The Whistling Caruso. And I'm going to play it right now. So I was like looking into whistling for its musical applications, but obviously uh, it can be used for a sort of communications purpose as well. And so it was going down that rabbit hole that I learned about Silbo Gomero, uh, which is one of a handful of whistling languages that have been sort of devised uh, across human history. And it is still used in in some regards today. Uh, It is a whistled variation of Spanish, uh, who and, and it's used in a place uh, called uh, La Gomera, which is in the Canary Islands. And La Gomera has all of these um, like beautiful valleys and deep ravines and stuff. And so they have devised Silbo Gomero uh, to communicate messages to uh, to each other from a distance of up to five kilometers oh because the sound carries through the through the canyon so uh, clearly I tried to figure out a, like an easy way to explain how they adapted Spanish into this whistling language uh, but it was way beyond my pay grade so I'm just gonna read what it says uh, based on various studies in uh, Wikipedia uh, according to different studies the Silbo Gomero language has between two and four vowels and between four and ten consonants the language is a whistled form of a dialect of Spanish Silbo replaces each vowel or consonant with a whistling sound whistles are distinguished according to pitch and continuity uh, as with other whistled forms of non-tonal languages, Silbo works by retaining approximately the uh, articulation of ordinary speech, so the timbre variations of speech appear in the guise of pitch variations. So, it's an incredibly difficult language to yeah. learn. Yeah. Uh, I would encourage you to just go listen, look up like Silbo Gomero and listen to it because it's fucking cool and wild. And it's like some, it's extremely talented whistling uh, that is, I don't know, I just love that it like, it is this like, uh, in, like superpower level ingenuity of like having a conversation five kilometers away by whistling down these deep canyons is like, some some Gosh. actual magical realism level fucking cool it makes stuff. Me, it makes me wonder about growing up in that community and like how you teach. I, that's been the hardest thing for me. Like no one can teach how to whistle. I feel like people yeah. will describe to me what whistling is and I will try to do it. Right. But I feel like it's really something you have to figure out on your own and to be a kid in that community. Well, I'm a, it is not exclusively, I imagine, the only language yeah. spoken in yeah, this community. But, but, but clearly like it, ha- it still has value. Yeah. You know, it would be a useful thing to have and to like to, to feel the pressure of like trying to make that happen. Yeah, it's still it's so rad. Hey, what is your uh, your second thing, huh? My second thing is the song Outside from the television program Bubble Guppies. You 
are all about this jam I love these it guppies so much. what is up with us bringing child's aquatic based songs to this show what i mean i brought underwater rainbow that one time you there's did. something about there's something but you about, also brought the lion king song which was not aquatic i guess it was not aquatic in nature but folks listen a lot of you aren't watching kids programming there's some motherfucking slaps out there there's some slaps and a half uh bubble guppies Show on Nickelodeon. Yep. It's actually a Canadian-American program. I believe it, man. They've cracked the code up there. Uh, it has been around since January 2011. It is a show that we watch regularly with yes. our son. He kind of, you know, we we have the like Nickelodeon app on our TV, and we've just kind of been hitting programs based on the little square they have. They all have a little square, and it's like, this one's got a monster truck in it. And that seems like a good it. square, yeah. And so after we watched enough Little Mermaid, he went through kind of a merman phase mm. and said, and I it, would like to watch that one. Then he went through an Ethel merman phase, and that was like <laughs> wicked strange. Much louder. Yeah. Um, so this is, this is a group of, of mer people. Um, they all have names. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spend time on that. What I want is for you to play a little bit of the song outside. Should you set up what every, it takes place in a school and every episode they do a little skit and, but the skit takes place outside. And so they all go outside. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, like most children's programs, there's a, there's a routine to it. Um, there's kind of, there's two songs besides the title song that you'll always hear. Uh, one is the song Outside, which mm-hmm. I love. The other song, which is also kind of a bop, is... Um, uh, it's Time for Lunch. Time for Lunch. But let's play Outside. Before we play it, picture in your mind what a song in a children's program about going outside might sound like. Go ahead and think about what that might sound like. You're fucking wrong. Because this one is, it slaps way, way harder than it needs to. Outside, everybody, outside. Line up, everybody, line up, line up, line up, my God. So this song gets me so hype. Mm-hmm. It, it has an effect on me. A lot of times when I look at Henry, I see a lot of similarities to Griffin. It's difficult for me to see myself in our son. Really? Yeah, I feel like he's he's more your kid than mine. I don't think that that's true, even a little bit. <laughs> uh, but when this song comes on, he and I have a similar reaction. All right, <laughs> and that is is to wiggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, to some might say dance. Some yeah. might not call it dancing. What we do? <laughs> no, especially not him. Uh, so this song, uh, created by Michael Rubin who is a Emmy award-winning composer, lyricist, and producer. He has done songs not just for Bubble Guppies, but for Blue's Clues, Mickey Mm. Mouse Clubhouse. He has also uh, created songs for Ray Charles, Nora Jones, uh, Patti LaBelle, Macy Gray. Holy shit. India Ari, Tony Braxton. What the fuck? Right? Does he do a lot? Okay, a lot of the music on Bubble Guppies, like the, every, every episode has like original music in it. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of it is really fucking good. Uh-huh. Is it because is is it? It's all? this guy. Oh wow, he's the guy. He's he is the actually guy. he he has worn he has won an Emmy for a song on Bubble Guppies called Little Froggy, twenty sixteen. Twenty. I gotta check in on that I one. Know. I don't think I've heard that jam. I know he's 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 gotten actually a lot of Emmys specifically for Bubble Guppies. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of bubble guppy Emmys out there. Yeah. Listen, y'all. I like the idea of going to this gentleman's house and he's like, this wall, this is my bubble guppies wall. This is where all of the gold <laughs> bubble guppies records live. 
Love this jam. Love this jam. I love the one they got about kitties and doggies. About, <laughs> I don't care if you bark or purr. That's a bop. I know my yeah. man Michael got up on that one. <laughs> uh, there's a long um, Bubble Guppies, like almost feature length film called The Puppy in the Ring. Oh, yeah. Which we very much enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, got a got an Emmy Award for that for Flutter Guppies Realm. <laughs> yeah, man. We should. It should be a recurring segment on this show of just us plumbing the depths of children's yeah. programming and entertainment to find the gems, like the gems and the jams. Uh huh. It's childhood gym jams here on Wonderful, <laughs> a recurring, my favorite new recurring segment. Uh, I, I would recommend, you know, anytime you have to kind of work up the nerve to leave your house, maybe play this song. (laughs) Yeah, which is probably, I mean, don't leave your house unless absolutely necessary. Maybe sit on this. But if you do need to go to the pharmacy or something like that, and you're feeling a little bit Mm -hmm. nervous, God, I feel you. I feel you. It's a very, uh, uh, anxiety inducing thing for me. But when I hear this big fish, when I hear this big clown fish, (laughs) And he t- sings to me to go outside, and they, they hit on that, like, drum and bass beat in the background. I gotta... It just makes me strong. It makes me stronger. I, uh... I don't, I don't think we're, like... We're not children's programming experts, but we're getting there. If we're not... Yes, we are. <laughs> if we are not, then who the hell is? Well, we've only been at this for a few years now, Griff. Yeah, it's I fair. think the more years, the more expertise. But I, I feel like this song will hold up just for years to come. Yeah. Uh, hey, can I tell you what our friends at home are talking about? Yeah, please. Uh, Steven says, I really enjoy restoration videos. There's something so, just so sati- stratifying, oh, probably satisfying, about seeing something that's really dirty and not working being restored to a near mint condition. Oh. Yeah. I mean, we're still into that Baumgartner art restoration. Still yeah. feeling that. But man, I'll watch somebody fix an old woodsman's axe or something mm. or um the video that steven sent in was a, an old game boy color that was like I, I watched one of like a game boy uh like the big gray brick one that was in like a house fire yeah. but still worked and then just like fixing it and getting it like up and running again i'll watch that all day man yeah no that's that's nice that i mean i think some of that is like for me what the appeal of infomercials was mm-hmm. was there was like a product that would like clean or refinish or restore and i would just love to watch that before and after i get served a facebook ad pretty much constantly now every time i use that platform uh for a cleaning slime that you roll across your keyboard and it gets all the gunk out of it you just roll this goo across your keyboard and it's it's visually very gross, but also gross in a very satisfying way. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Aaron <laughs> says, you've already talked about the Bon Appetit videos on the show, but my wonderful thing this week has been specifically the working from home videos that BA has been uploading lately. I love the spice cabinet tours and the favorite kitchen tool testimonials and just generally getting to see the good wholesome BA buddies in their natural habitat. I always feel so warm and fuzzy and so much less alone after I watch them, which means uh, so much during a stressful time. We did this. I actually, I, I pushed Griffin into watching the one where we looked at all of their kitchens. Yes. And we we specifically fast forward so we could see Chris Morocco's kitchen. Yes. We were just it like... Is not, it was not nearly no. as sort of uh, museum-esque as For I assumed a, like, it would be. such an exacting professional, his, his kitchen was just like anyone else's kitchen. Yeah. But some of them had like some legit setups, yeah. some legit stuff. 
Um, yeah, yeah. I, the I, I, I really especially because a lot of them reported from New York, right? And so they have a very small space to work with. So there's it's a lot of uh, like clever uses of space. Yeah. It made me feel bad about our lack of Bon Marie's. We don't have any Bon Marie's. I do. I don't. I guess we have the one that we keep all of our utensils in, like right yeah, next yeah, to us. Yeah. Uh-huh. But we could use uh, uh, these people. We're talking about fucking half a dozen Bon Marie's, just like at in reach like at all mm-hmm. times it's smart because those drawers get messy yeah mm-hmm. let's let's invest in some nice quality bon marie's i mean we could just you know you could just use like a like a, a cereal milk, box a milk jug yeah i guess so that's <laughs> rustic um Hey, I think that's it. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. And thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Yeah, thank you so much, Maximum Fun. And thank you for continuing to put out great content. I was enjoying an episode of One Bad Mother just yesterday, and it's nice to hear from some people you really like, uh, especially in these kind of isolated times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have other stuff at McRoy.Family if you want to check that out. We've been doing some streaming stuff that uh, you can find links to there. Um, yeah, I think that's it, though. What's our affirming sort of message this time? Mm. Maybe it's just like moist, moisturize. And that can mean any number of things. Yeah, I like that. It doesn't even have to be cream. It could just be water that you drink and become your (laughs) moisturize your insides. Moisturize, just moisturize with an exclamation point. Yeah. And then it's anything. Yeah. Moisturize. That it could also sound like moisten Moist. your eyes. Yeah, yeah. Your eyes, but maybe that's good too. Have a good cry. <laughs> it works on so many levels. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.